who are we? You know, who are we to think it's it's a bad thing to to have a more diverse country? It's it's a it's actually a good thing. I mean, in so many ways, diversity brings more richness to the culture. It brings better food. It brings, <laughs> I mean, it definitely brings better food, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and uh, <laughs> just to speak to your topic, yeah. and 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 it it brings more innovation and creativity to any organization to have more more perspectives around the table. Welcome to the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Join me and a famous guest. We discuss their career, life, food, Texas, and everything in between. Let's get started. The Lone Star Play Podcast is produced by TexasRealFood.com. Find out more at the end of this episode. Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. All right, let's jump into it. Our guest today is Gloria Felt. She's a New York Times bestselling author. She has a new book out. Um, it's called Intentioning, Sex, Power, Pandemics, and How Women Will Take the Lead for Everyone's Good. Uh, we had Gloria on uh, last season or two seasons ago. can't remember. Um, Phenomenal episode. R- really loved it. Um, and we had a great conversation and we w- invited her back on. We knew she had this new book. Yes, let's come on. Let's talk about this stuff. We This is a great conversation. I just finished it. I'm doing this intro right now. I just finished a conversation with her. Um, so you're going to you know really enjoy this um, uh, interview. I'm, I'm, I'm like all energized from it, to be honest with you. Look, we talked about what does intentioning mean? Okay. Um, Racial injustice, gender uh, injustice, um, what uh, the pandemic has meant to women. Um, We talked about what men can do in this uh, fight for women's rights. Um, We talked a little bit about trans rights um, and the Dave Chappelle special, the closer, where he mentions like women's rights being affected by trans women's rights, you know, and what she thought about that. Love her answer. She's just such a great person. Look, I love Dave Chappelle, but I can't. I just, man, I disagree with that guy so much on on that issue. He he's just so wrong when it comes to that stuff. Comparing like, you know, the black experience to the trans experience. I mean, forgetting that there's black trans, right? Anyway, whatever. Um, yeah, we had a great time. Look, we didn't have enough time for food trivia, but um, you know, I didn't want to mess with that. We were just having such a good conversation, talking about our book and talking about these really important topics and. You know, sometimes we don't always get to talk about these important things. Um, and I, I just wanted to leave enough time for that. So I apologize. No food trivia in this one. Um, but we did talk a little bit about food. So please, look, check out this book. You can get it. Uh, check the link in the description. Um, and, you know, check out this book. Check out this interview. It's amazing. You're really going to love Gloria. Um, this isn't just for women like this podcast. This is for men, too. I, I recommend this podcast for everybody. It's it's just informative. She's just such an amazing woman. Uh, I really love uh, speaking to her. So, um, all right, before we get to the uh, actual interview, uh, we have just a quick word from our sponsor, Texas Real Food, because we got to keep the mics on, y'all. Okay, so let's do this. Okay, a quick word from Texas Real Food. We'll be right back. Hi, 
I want to talk to you about what's on the Texas Real Food site that's more than just putting in your zip code and finding, you know, the coolest butcher, farmer's market, restaurant around you. There's also other resources on the site, recipes, articles, and one in particular is called the Texas Mom Blog. It's awesome. Faria Khan is writing these beautiful articles. You can really learn a lot about Texas just giving you a lot of other things to think about. Food, family, everything behind that goes into food as well. So just different topics and uh, conversations. Definitely something worth checking out as well. All right, back to the show. Okay, and we're back. Uh, let's get to this interview, right? Gloria Felt with her new book, Intentioning. I'll just shorten it. It is a long title. Just the title alone we talked about for a little bit. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, um, real quick, uh, before the uh, interview, you know I'm going to bring it up. Please, our social media, um, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Lone Star Plate TX, or just search The Lone Star Plate. Uh, and also on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Hit that like button. That's what helps. Leave a comment. Just put a comment that says whatever. Hello. Uh, loved it. You know, what, what do you think men can do to add to this conversation, uh, you know, at, at, to this particular podcast? Or just put a comment, love the show, whatever, share it. That'd be cool. Um, really appreciate it. So and check out the other clips uh, of if, you, if this is like the full interview. We have we break this down into clips if you don't want to watch the whole thing here on um, on YouTube. Anyway. All right. Let's get to this interview, guys. Gloria Felt, uh, her new book, again, it's called Intentioning, Sex, Power, Pandemics, and How Women Will Take the Lead for Everyone's Good. So it's available now. Check the link in the description and uh, enjoy this podcast. We'll see you next time. Anyway, how are you doing? How have you been since I talked about that? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Before pandemics and stuff like that. <laughs> no kidding, right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I actually, I made a move. I'm in Dallas now instead of Austin. Are you? Oh, uh, yeah. wow. That is a big move. Yeah. So big. my family's from here. This is sort of where I grew up. So sort of coming yeah. back, quote unquote, home. home. Yeah. Yeah. Sort yeah. of that, yeah. that sort of thing. It's been nice. Yeah. Well, so how about you? Still, well, still the same? Still, still pretty much the same. The, the pandemic did uh, give me sort of the impetus to go ahead and finish a book I'd been working on for quite a while, which we'll talk about today. And uh, so that was, you know, that was the positive side of it. It's, it's, uh, we spent most of it in Arizona. So I'm, I was missing New York horribly and I'm back in New York now and I'm very happy to be here. Oh, wow. Okay. So how long has it been since you've been, or how long have you been back in New York? I guess. Uh, since maybe like middle September or sometime late. September. Oh, wow. So very recent. Yeah, very, very recently. Very recent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That so, must be. Yeah. That must be great. Yeah. I'm kind of. I'm kind of drinking it in. It's. It's kind of. You'll appreciate this. It's like you know, like in in New York, like people actually get vaccinated and wear masks. <laughs> like everybody is like they not only are triple vaccinated, but they wear masks even on the street. So yeah. <laughs> you feel you feel safe. Spot. Yeah, yes, yeah, you, you, you feel safer. Yeah. Uh, no, for sure. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 you know, honestly, I stopped worrying about who's vaccinated around me here in Texas because, <laughs> I, yeah, it's too much to worry about. I just, you know, do I'm what kidding. I can, and yeah. you know, and, <laughs> right. And I, right. I mean, what else? What else am I going to do? I remember at the beginning, well, not even at the beginning. Sort of recently, when um, 
at least here in Texas, they had taken away the mask for a little while and, and everyone uh, felt like it. We were sort of coming out of things. Right. right and it was like, oh, OK. Right, right, right. And, and I'm and not going to lie. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of there. I was like, I, I still sort of wore the mask, but, you know, I was vaccinated, everything, whatever. But I was definitely a little more whatever, carefree. And and as mm-hmm. we my building and in, in Dallas, again, actually started to put the mask mandates in, in place. In my building is very good about it, actually. And uh-huh. they they put it in. I started wearing it, but I started seeing people. I wouldn't get in the elevator with them if they didn't have it on. Right. But I didn't want to start a confrontation. Eventually, right. it's just gotten to the point where. Yeah. Honestly, 90% of the building here doesn't wear masks. I'm still really one of the very few people that still puts on my (laughs) mask uh, when when I go out here. But, you know, but I stop saying things to people. I just won't take the elevator. I'll go down the stairs. I'll do this. I'll avoid it. You know, I'll I'll, I don't know what else to do. I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't either. And, and eventually, eventually vaccinations are going to win yes. and, they have and to. everybody, yeah, they have to. So, you know, it's, 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 it's been a crazy time for sure. So absolutely. Yeah. How is it in Arizona? So I guess pretty like different. Texas. Yeah. It's, about like, Texas. it's yeah, just not yeah. quite as outrageously talked about. It's just, you know, (laughs) governor, the governor of Arizona is, is more mild mannered. uh, And he's afraid actually, because Arizona has turned pretty much purple and he, he's afraid. So he, so while he toes the line of no mask mandates and so forth, he, he's just quieter about it. Staying at, yeah, yeah. I, I wish yeah. Abbott was like that a little bit more, um, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, he's probably right. the most yeah. frustrating politician for me right now. Is, is him. Well, I, 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 you know, I, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk, you know, I, I, I pretty much don't do too much electoral politics at this point because take the lead as a non organization and I'm careful. Yeah. But I have to say that the only solution to all these things is you got to get you got to get people in office who will actually take care of people. You know, you just absolutely. that's the only solution. So yeah, absolutely. There we go. Absolutely. Anyway, good to see you. Good to talk to yes. you. Yes. Yes, you as well. Let's. Uh, let, I, I love this book, by the way. This I, I can't believe you managed to put this this book down while you're in the pandemic. A lot of people have these high hopes. You know, I'm gonna learn a new language. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> Nothing happened, right? Like you come out with a book. I love that. It's like beautiful. I love it. It's awesome. Uh, you know, honestly, the first thing that hit me was the title, and it got mm-hmm. a- already just the title got me thinking. You know. That's a great book just to start there. One, yeah. uh, let's start with it's called Intentioning. Okay. Um, semicolon. Is that right? Is that semicolon? Right. Or uh, colon. Sec- yeah. Or colon. I, I see. I'm not a, I, I don't know grammatics. Okay. I don't know. I'm a grammatic. Okay. I, I'm, I'm a, you're an author. Proof- I know that you're stuff. An author. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, I'm a, I'm a kitchen rat, as they say. I'm a kitchen rat. I'm a chef. I, you know, I come from the kitchen. We, we deal with food and ingredients, but I'll get through this. Uh, sex, power, pandemics, and how women will take the lead uh, for everyone's good, which I love that and totally agree. Uh, but I'm curious about just the wording, uh, intentioning, you know, what does that mean exactly? Every word in the title does have a meaning and intentioning yes. is a word I literally made up because I couldn't find the right word. And Love I that. had I looked at the dictionary, I looked at the thesaurus, I I Googled, I I I could not 
come up with exactly the word that meant exactly what I wanted to say, because what I found was, uh, and the the thing that really propelled me to write this book, is that with my last book, I, I was researching and working on women's relationship with power. And have been doing training with through my organization, Take the Lead. We focus a lot on how to on helping women know the power they already have and embrace it and feel comfortable with it. And what I realized is that once you know you have power, the next question has to be the power to what? Why? You know, what difference does it make? I could tell you you're fabulous and beautiful and wonderful all day, but if you're not talking about what you do with that, well, you know, it doesn't mean a whole lot. So I wanted to come up with a word that was really powerful and that expressed intention, but as a verb. I wanted to make intention into a verb, an active verb. And that's why that's why I came up with the title intentioning to signify that I'm not just talking about thinking about it. I'm talking about doing it. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Wow. That's amazing. Um, what was there any decision in how the the power of these words to me and power is one of the words sex power pandemics was there any choice to and we'll get into the book not just the title i Mm -hmm. promise (laughs) was there any choice of like you know in that order i I don't know i just found that interesting because sex hits you first then power then pandemic what was there a purpose for that Mm -hmm. well a lot of people asked me including my editor ask was, well, don't you want to soften that up a little bit and say gender instead of sex? And I'm like, no, uh, because the truth is the, the the sex with which you are born determines so much about your life and how you will be socialized literally from the moment of birth, how people will respond to you. Uh, people will put, put stereotypes on you. They will, they will, they will reward different behavior. Um, you know, like little boys are like, you know, go at it, you know, make your noise, do your, you know, do your thing. And you know, you on the world and little girls are now more often told they can do anything or be anything. So that's great progress, but they are still spoken to in language of how pretty they are and how their behave. Are they nice? Are they sitting still? Are they, you know, how do they make other people feel? So the, 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 the sex with which we are born makes all the difference. And gender is really a cultural construct. Gender is how our culture decides we're supposed to be treated as male or female. But, but uh, the, okay. but, 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 so there's, there's, there's a nuance, but that yeah. is exactly why I chose to stick with that word. Power, as you say, is obvious because that's what I've been studying for over a decade. And the pandemic caused me to write a different book than I had originally intended to write. I, I really had started interviewing women for this book several years ago. Oh, wow. And, 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 and the, the core of the book, which is the nine leadership intentioning tools, are very specific leadership tools and techniques that anybody can use. But I specifically designed them to deal with some of the issues women have to deal with in the workforce. And so, but when the pandemics came, it was, I realized, wait a minute, you know what, I can't just write a plain old leadership book. We have to deal with the fact that we have had the pandemic of coronavirus that disrupted the economy, disrupted life, disrupted everything, and a pandemic of racial injustice. And not that racial injustice was new. It's been part of our country since we started, 
But finally, after the murder of George Floyd, and to some extent, Breonna Taylor, who, who became, that became famous after George Floyd, but, uh, but suddenly most of the country recognized all of a sudden that there was this deep, deep racial injustice that we had to deal with too. So in, in essence, there were two pandemics and I couldn't, I couldn't fail to acknowledge those, you know, I couldn't fail yeah. to, to, to put those into the context in which now every leader has to think. And yeah. we saw during the pandemic that to get to the point of women taking the lead, that the, we saw during the pandemic that countries led by women did better with the, with the coronavirus pandemic. They, they had much lower rates of, yeah, much, yeah, I mean, they, they managed it much more yeah. effectively. Yeah. And, and that called to the attention, I think, uh, to all of our attention, what, of course, I've been saying for some years, which is that it's these characteristics that women bring that are why. It's not that they're hardwired. I'm not better than you and you're not better than me, but we're, we are acculturated to have certain characteristics related to our gender. These characteristics that women have been acculturated to have are now the reason why countries led by women are doing better and why companies led by women or with women in their upper leadership yeah. are making more money. And, and it's not, you know, again, it's not hardwired, but we've been acculturated to think about what other people are feeling. Empathy, yeah. understanding how to read the room. Yeah. And I think that's for everyone's good that we'll have more of that in our culture. So long answer, but it's a long title. No, I, I mean, I love that answer. Yeah, I mean, it is a long title. Let's, let's be real. <laughs> it is. Uh, but 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 look at the conversation it just brought out just from the title uh, alone. Um, you know, I, I think that's a good point about the pandemic. I mean, everything you said was a good point, but definitely about the pandemic. It's like you just can't avoid that. It wasn't it wasn't a two week thing to flatten the curve. I mean, this has absolutely affected our life, our country, the world, you know, forever. Right. There'll always be pre-COVID and post covid uh that that sort of thing um we're not even in post covid right we're still in covid uh right. you know during the pandemic right so yeah absolutely um wow beautifully said Gloria. Be beautifully said um i i also um read this about that you thought because of the pandemic that women had been set back 10 years and that but you also thought this was a great time to move forward. So let's dive deeper into a little bit about that, because that sort of surprised me, to be honest with you. It, it sounds like a paradox, and it is a yeah. little bit of a paradox, but but I think life is paradoxical in general. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, so the thing is, the thing about major disruptions like the pandemic is that they are, they force innovation. They force new thinking. And while they, there are many terrible, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to minimize the fact that so many people have suffered losses, uh, deaths of loved ones. Uh, it's been really hard for everybody. I mean, I really, I actually think the isolation of the pandemic itself has, it has, will continue to have collateral damage for many years. It's, 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 Agreed. it's made, it's really made many people, especially people who live alone, people who don't have a lot of interaction with family or friends. It's, it's really hard. Yeah. So uh, I don't want to minimize that at all, but I do think that the bright spot is that any major disruption is a moment in time when, if we are smart enough to take it, we can make systemic change for the good. 
And this is no different. I, I, I believe that we're in a time of disruption and a time of rebirth. And both of those are, they're very related. And it's all about the choices we make as to what the next 10 or 15 years will bring. So the data is terrible as far as women and their employment, their career trajectories during the pandemic. Four times as many women as men lost jobs or stepped out of the workforce in order to do caregiving because the predominance of predominantly caregiving still falls on women's shoulders. And many of those women have decided maybe they're just not, they just can't, they can't, you know, because the, the, it's still not a regular thing for children to go to school. They still don't know what's going to happen. They don't, yeah. they still don't want their elders to go into a nursing home. I mean, you know, they're, 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 these, these, these are, these are going to be long lasting consequences. And, yeah. and it also, um, I think it also caused many people, men and women to rethink their lives and rethink their careers. Absolutely. So while the data says that it that the pandemic has set women back by 10 years or more in their career trajectories, I believe that it has also opened an opportunity for organizations to restructure and to give everybody, men and women, more flexibility, which is what women have been asking for for many years. And very often women do bail out at mid-career, even under good times. Because they 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 don't want to you know the culture doesn't feel welcoming to them and they they don't want to they just don't want it anymore and so they'll yeah. they'll bail out. So um, I I really see that this is the moment this is the time when if we play our cards right we can move farther faster by making these systemic changes. And by making, you know, I, I mean, all the men who've been at home with their kids now, uh, they understand now why child care is a really important thing. <laughs> you know, yes. and the men and the women trying to work at home, you know, both of them at the kitchen table and the kids are needing their their lunch and they're not at school getting a lunch, you know, Absolutely. it's like, okay, yeah. now we get it. We get it. We get it. This is not easy. So it's a moment of opportunity, but you have to take the opportunity. And this, I know from movement building for so many years, if, if things don't just happen, people have to make them happen. And, and we have to take the moment and move forward with public policies and organizational policies and just with our own personal activism and insistence that it's time for these changes to be made. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Um, shout out to my brother who is a single father, uh, taking uh, care of two kids okay. during the pandemic. I know it was stressful for him when they were at home. Yeah, he talked to me about it, like, this is a uh, nightmare. Sure. Like, this is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, exactly. it's just, you know, and, and, you know, uh, also an appreciation for what teachers do. It's like, yes. wow, you know, th this is goes beyond uh, just, you know, reading a few stories, uh, babysitting the kid. No, no, no. There, there's no. so much uh, that, that goes into it. So, yeah, you know, yeah, you make such great points. It, it makes us, it, it, you know, if it didn't, it should make you stop and look at everything and reevaluate, uh, yes. reassess. You know, uh, yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. You know, there's one more aspect of it, too, that I see as being very positive, which is that entrepreneurship is is often running. I mean, while yeah. while it is true that many women have chosen not to return to the uh, like corporate workforce, it is also true that I would say that the biggest competition the corporations have for female talent is not other companies and not women staying at home, but women deciding, hey, you know what? 
I'm going to start my own business so I can be in control of my own life. And women are starting and women of color more than any group are starting businesses at a hugely rapid rate. And even though women still get a minuscule amount of venture capital and angel investments, they're finding ways to start businesses. And so my clarion call to them is don't just sell each other jewelry. If you're going to start a business, think big, have high intentioning as it were, put you set your intentions very high and start a business that can eventually grow to be Apple or Microsoft or, you know, uh, DoorDash or whatever, but start something that can become big. Well, that's awesome. That's great to hear. Um, I love all that because th- that's where the real change happens, right? Let- let's be real. That- that's where the generational change starts to happen and things start to get passed down. And, um, you know, and, and those benefits can, the-, the fruits of the labor can can be carried on uh, as well, which I feel has, you know, handicapped a lot of minorities in that sense that the generations haven't been able to sort of pass down certain things. And right. everybody feels they're starting fresh every generation. And right. Um, right. I think people forget a lot about that if they're talking about, well, my family from America, you know, we've been here forever. And that, yeah, but look at your history, you know, come on, comp- compare that to this person. Like, it's not the same, you know, it's not the same. There, There is a struggle there, um, which, which brings us to sort of this racial injustice, injustice that people are having a real hard time. Some people are having a real hard time wrapping their head around um, either what to do, how bad it is. Um, and what, what exactly can we do to, mm-hmm. to fix this problem? Right. Um, whether it be, um, you know, uh, voting restrictions, uh, whether it be police, you know, brutality in the case of, uh, you know, George Floyd and, and so many others, um, and whether it just be like, um, uh, this, this, uh, critical race theory that they're, you know, teaching in school and right. It's like, we can't even agree on the history of things now. And, where things are. And and I know that part of, you know, your book, it's like racial and gender justice must move forward together. Right. right. So, and I, and I love that. Um, and I'm just want to dive deeper into that sort of explain like what you mean by that. And yeah, let's just dive deeper into that. One of the ways that, that the predominant culture and let's face it. And I want to just, I want to say at the outset, number one, I think we all want to be good people. And we all want to be seen as good people and we all want to think we are good people, (laughs) you know, we all, (laughs) and we buy into the values, the traditional values of that America was ostensibly founded on. We have to keep broadening our idea of who gets justice here. Who is, who is, who are, who is liberty and justice for all? Uh, Who gets that? (laughs) whose liberty and whose justice are we talking about? And we know that at the beginning of our country, not everybody had that, you know, women didn't have it and black people didn't have it and indigenous people didn't have it and Mexican Americans didn't have it. And so we, we have needed to broaden that definition over the years. And to our credit as a country, there has been a great deal of broadening of what that who gets the liberty and who gets the justice. And I, I, I truly believe that, that we have to move forward together for gender and racial justice, or we will continue to be splintered apart and never be able to actually make the change that needs to happen. It's hard for many people to get 
comfortable with the fact that we will soon be a country that is more brown and black than white. But if you think about it, it was brown long before you and I were here. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so uh, who are we? You know, who are we to think it's it's a bad thing to to have a more diverse country? It's it's a it's actually a good thing. I mean, in so many ways, diversity brings more richness to the culture. It brings better food. It brings. <laughs> I mean, it definitely brings better food, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. And uh, <laughs> just to speak to your topic, yes. and 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 it it brings more innovation and creativity to any yeah. organization to have more more perspectives around the table. So I I believe that real firmly. I mean, we've talked about this before, but I you know, I've been at this for a long time and I and I actually learned from the civil rights movement that people working together can change anything, but it has to be people working together. Yes. You can't if you if you let if you let yourself get splintered apart, you you're not going to make any change at all it's it's going to continue just just as it is so that's what i mean by gender and racial justice have to go forward together or we're both going to lose we're all going to lose absolutely of course look uh you know when my my mother moved here from mexico she didn't speak any english she met my father he didn't speak any spanish Uh, they were they were they were married within three months oh my goodness and they well, they the could barely language together language <laughs> love love uh, i'm telling you the language of love and just compassion and uh you know understanding like you can get a lot through mm-hmm. I, I find different cultures mixing and coming together the most beautiful thing that humanity can do is share with each other you right. know these things with with right. each other i mean that that to me is the whole point of the world Absolutely. In my opinion, you know, so yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. And, and it's not even that hard, um, you know, to be honest with you, um, you know, and to be frank, the more I've traveled around, America is actually very diverse. And I, yes. I don't think even people here realize how diverse we are. You go right. to other countries, you don't see a bunch of different cultures hanging out together. I'm not really. I mean, it depends where you go, I guess. Um, but I have lived in different countries. And it's really predominantly that that culture and maybe a few different, you know, whatever, but you're like, damn, America really is. Holy wow. You know what? We do have a lot of uh, diversity uh, back home. If we use it as a, as an asset. Yeah, exactly. Then it will be an asset for us. One of the things I I write about in the book is that diversity and divide come from the same root word. And if you see diversity as a plus, it's a plus. If you see it as a divide, it will Correct. divide you. And I think those people who are arguing about critical race theory are just, I think that is a backlash and it comes from fear, fear yeah. of losing power. And, it, and and while I understand it, I don't think it should be supported. I think we need to teach. We need to bring everybody into the story. Everybody's story is important. Everybody Correct. adds something to this soup that we have. And uh, I mean, this is one of the things I, I say in the book and, and one of my leadership intentioning tools, when I first, the first leadership intentioning tool is uncover yourself. And in your instance, you just did that. You, you talked about your, your mother and, and that may be a part of you that the world doesn't know unless you tell them because your name is Patrick Scott Armstrong, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, who would know? Who would know? That? And yet it's an important part of you. And if you aren't able to bring that part to the table, 
you're not able to be your full and authentic self. And great leaders know themselves. Great leaders show themselves. And so uncovering yourself, being, you know, knowing who you are and embracing all of it is just a super important part of being a good leader. And for myself, I, you know, I, I grew up as in one of the, sometimes the only, sometimes one of a very few Jewish families in little Texas towns. Well, let me tell you, you learn quickly that you're different. <laughs> you learn really quickly that you're different and you're seen very differently. Uh, you know, and you know, I, you, I could always just wait. I knew I was, the shoe was going to drop here in a minute because people would meet my grandparents who spoke with thick Eastern European accents and they were like, where are you from? And what did that? What church do you go to? La, 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 la. So, you know, I had to deal with all of that. And, and when I was young, I hated it because I wanted like, I wanted to be like everybody else. Yeah. I went through that slow, phase too. It, it was a I, slow yeah. process of needing sure. to uncover myself and recognize that actually that little bit of difference in me is what set me apart. And it gave me something unique. It gave me empathy for people who were also put into minority quote status and othered. And uh, I'm sure it's what set me on a path to working for social justice my whole life and just understanding, wait a minute, you know what? The world is not altogether just here. And it's not your fault if, if you're viewed as being negative for being whoever you are. It's you know, we need to set that straight. We need to help people understand the the value of what each person has to bring. So I, I will tell you, this is the first book I have actually acknowledged all that in, and this is my fifth book. So, oh. I, and I've started talking about it in my speeches too, because it, it's the strategy, the, the reason Jews have become successful is because we are white for the most part, and we could sort of like meld in and we could, if we would give up our culture, we could meld in. Well, that's not right. That's not fair. And mm-hmm. so I think it's, I think we need to encourage people to embrace who they are and embrace their cultures and embrace what, whatever yes. they look like, whatever they, you know, they sound like their language, their food, um, and just the cultural learnings that they have. And yes, it's good for us to have a common language, but like your parents, somehow human beings figure it out. That's my point. Like it, that, that's not an excuse for me. You know, like, well, we should all be speaking the same. But what does that matter? I, you know, I look, I lived in Europe. I, I met people. I didn't know their language. We would talk. I, I would talk to people. I didn't know the same language for hours. We'd have a conversation. I don't know how we did it. Right. You, we, I, yeah. you know, just charades. Know. You, you know, know. You, <laughs> it's a lot of the things that we're we have a lot in common. That's the truth that there's a lot of, you know, people coming from different cultures. You have nothing to be afraid of. They go through the same things you have. They're still they're they're you know, have anxiety when they're growing up. They, uh, you know, are worried about, uh, you know, making making sure they make their parents proud. They, you know, go. We all going through the same sort of like growing pains and and different fears and, and stuff. I, I think if like you said, if we just accepted that more and opened the doors more and, and came together more and break, you know, I'm all about breaking bread with people. I think that's the best way to yes, uh, it is. Come, really. come together and, and really. drop, you yes. know, the walls and whatever. Um, so like, you know, you, you start to realize, wow, we actually have a lot more in common than I thought, um, you know, and that's, that, again, to me, that's just like what life is about is learning these new things and, and, mm-hmm. oh, this is what y'all do. This is what we do for this tradition or, and traditions are meant to change. Right. I mean, that's sort of, they're meant to adapt and grow and change and get better and add and make more and, 
you know, when I lived in Spain, they, they had a, they had a, a festival every week. They're celebrating <laughs> something every week. Literally. I mean, it was Why like, not? we were, we're, yeah, we're like, everybody's taking the day off today again. Really? Okay. Okay. Hey, I, you know, this is how go. I'm in, and, but you're, you're trained as American to like, no, we, we gotta go. We gotta work. We gotta do this. It's like, whoa, what happened to life? What happened to us being together and, you know, right. stopping right. and smelling the roses, uh, if you will. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, to your to your point, I mean, right to your point, one of the other leadership intentioning tools is believe in the infinite pie. Because you know, our culture, our yes. culture had the, the narrative of power has been that it's about fighting and the assumption that resources are scarce. Yeah. But if you realize that, in fact, and especially in a, today's economy that's based on brains, not brawn, there's no limit to human intelligence. There's no limit to love. There's no limit to innovation and creativity and things we are able to, to do if we work together, particularly if we work together. So, and we can make more pies because we're smart. We can, that's, you know, that is the attribute <laughs> that humans have when we use it at to, you know, that, that really sets us apart. And uh, so the pie really is infinite. And if we if we have that mindset that's about abundance, not scarcity, then I think it also allows us to be less afraid of yeah. other people. It allows yeah. us to be less afraid that if if you take a piece of pie, there's less for me. No, sure. no, 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 no. Let's yeah. go have another pie. Yeah, Let's go that's a that's a great point. Texas pecan pies. I want I that. Agree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, I, that's a, honestly, that's a really powerful point, to be honest with you, because that's where it starts. Once we get past that, then you can start to have the real conversations, but it can't even get to that point if you don't even come to that realization. Right. Um, so that's a great point, um, actually. Uh, wow. I love talking to you so much, Gloria. You're so smart. Really. I mean, that. Uh, I love talking to smart people, but, you know, it makes me feel <laughs> my smart. Grandmother that's why I love this podcast. My, grandmother, my father told me I was She smart. was right. She okay. was right. They were right. They were both right. They were right. <laughs> They were right. <laughs> uh, what What are you most proud about uh, with this book? What What are you? What's been the most proudest, like angle, or I don't know, part or whatever? It's it's it's, it's a great question. Nobody has asked me before, so I'm gonna have to real quick think of an answer. You know, I think really for all of every time I write a book or whatever I do, what I'm proudest of is when somebody finds something in it that they can actually use in their real life. So while I love being a, I love pontificating and telling you what I think, because, yeah. you know, that's fun <laughs> and easy, of course. What, what I really feel proudest of is when I talk to somebody later on and she or he will say, you know, I saw this, I read this in your book and I took this tip or I took this tool and I used it and and it made all the difference for me. I learned something different. I got a different job. I decided I wanted to do something different. I started a business. I, whatever it might be, it, it that's what I'm proudest of. And that does happen enough that it keeps me energized and keeps me going. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Great answer. That's like a chef saying, uh, when I see someone eat yes. a bite of my food and, yes. and just the fate, right? Like I get it. Yeah. Again, make somebody totally make somebody it. happy, make somebody yeah, make their life better and, and give them something that nourishes them, I guess, is, sure. is what yeah. the similarity would be. I like this. I like that. Yeah, yeah, this is good. Yeah, this absolutely. is very good. Yeah. By the way, I actually I, I wrote a whole I wrote a whole blog post and did one of my podcasts on on bread. 
uh, one time and, and, and the importance of bread in getting people together and how, how I had taught everybody in Texas how to make challah. It was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. I have to check that out. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Hey, listen, well, you know, we, we've been starting. Um, I mean, look, Texas is still a little open and I'm still out supporting restaurants. Um, so we've been trying to go out and do on location Oh, interviews cool. like at restaurants now uh -huh. so now we're trying yeah. to go out to it so i'm i'm doing uh, have you ever heard of uchi you ever heard of that restaurant here no it's Where in is austin it? it's a tyson cole uh oh. uh restaurant uh it's japanese you know high-end um uh -huh. great they have austin and dallas and so i'm i'm going next week finally to sit down it'll be our first you know in restaurant so i'm gonna sit down with the chef eat some of the food, talk food, talk women in the industry. Uh, she's a woman of color. So we're going to talk about women of color in the huh. industry and how that's changing and moving and changing. And I'm really excited to bring all of that um, together and to start doing that um, with the podcast. Oh, that uh, so, is so yeah. cool. I want your job. I want to yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> I want it too. And I have it. I, I trust me. I pinch myself every day. I'm like, this is crap. Isn't that the truth? Yes. Yeah, so we I, all have to do that. Trust yes, me. Right. Uh, yeah. I, you know, look, and remind whole, me. Get remind me. I'm going to, I'm sorry. I'm, this is terrible. I'm getting all excited. So I'm interrupting you, which is not a nice no, no, thing. No, no, please, I please. I do apologize. But mm -hmm. you made me think of, I, you were talking about women and in, in, in the industry. And, and I, uh, I have a colleague, a friend who during the worst of the pandemic, when so many restaurants were just shutting their doors, she started something called Let's Talk Women. And she started getting women restaurateurs together to think of creative ways they could serve the public oh, wow. and they do these amazing dinners and i know there's one in dallas so i know there's a group in dallas so i'm going to send you information about it please because it's like a great program you should totally uh, do it. 100 they're they do i mean you're going to want one of their dinners too because they do like they'll take yeah. five restaurants and you pick it up or you can you know take it there or whatever yeah and and it's just the most amazing meal so I'm in. I mean, it sounds amazing. That sounds, I mean, you had me. Yeah, I'm in. Uh, that's, that sounds amazing. That's, um, I, you know, I'm all about the change that needs to happen in the industry. It's why I left the industry because of some toxicity and, um, yeah. you know, how it goes. It can be very power hungry. Uh, mm -hmm. The industry, it's, it's just, it's cutthroat and it's, it's, it gets old. And, and I can't even imagine for a woman, you know, uh, going through that, even for me as a man, it was difficult. So it's like for a woman, oh my gosh, it's like these changes need to happen and they are happening. I mm -hmm. will say that is a good thing. Like you said, the pandemic has even forced restaurants to be like, yes. we, we, we got to make changes just to retain employees. You know, people don't want to work in an unsafe environment anymore. Right. W women don't want to work in an unsafe environment. Nobody anymore. should. They, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're taking the power back mm -hmm. and saying, you know, this is what we need to work here. And I like, and I'm all about it and I'm, you know, championing that you. forward. So for yeah, no, and this sounds great. This sounds like a great project. Uh, so please, yeah, I'd love to learn more about it and we'll yeah, do that. definitely do uh, something about it for sure. Um, well, that, that's great that, um, you know, that that's the, you know, your most proudest part of the book. Was there any part of the book that like, I guess this sounds horrible to say, but like, is there any part of the book you wish had come out maybe a little differently? I don't know. Oh, do you think, do you, do you even think about those things? Like, for, you know, Oh, know. and this is the hardest thing about writing a book is because yeah. there's a long lead time between the time you have to stop writing and the time a book actually is published and out. 
So there are always things that happen. Oh, go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. But I want to tell you a story that is very relevant about one of the women in the book. Okay. I, I have one chapter at the beginning where I compare how three different women dealt with the pandemic in their own lives. And that these are like symbolic of the different ways that everybody has, has dealt with it. One just had to say, I'm shutting my business. I can't deal with this. I'm done. And I later found out that she really went into a deep depression and it was, it was just extremely hard for her. She did have a baby. So I have to tell you, there were a lot of pandemic babies in what I found and the women that I interviewed. Because, oh, wow. You know, that was, there was time to like <laughs> have a baby, but yeah. uh, that's another, that's a whole other story. <laughs> then there were, there were the women like Tiffany Dufu, who had a business that, that it's called the crew. And she curates groups of eight women who are somehow doing work that's related to each other and they they get together to support each other in their in their careers. Well, it was location based. Tiffany instantly saw the opportunity in the pandemic because it no longer mattered where people were geographically. Suddenly, her clientele grew by leaps and bounds because she was able to open this up and curate people across um, geography and, uh, and, and, and open it up really just to many more people. Yeah. She subsequently has in the last year had $2 million of investment money that's come her way. And wow. she's just like growing by leaps and bounds. So that was an idea that was someone who saw the opportunity in the disruption and how it was changing people's lives and opening us up to new things. Then there was the third strategy, which I call uh, just like this was like completely revamping, just completely retooling. And this was this is a pianist, concert pianist named Maria Arsenevich, who, of course, you know, entertainment venues were all shut down. She couldn't yeah. be out doing her performances. She was booked for. She turned her home into a recording studio. She has never been more productive. She has been creating music of her own. <laughs> she has been recording every single day. She has amassed 600,000 followers on Instagram and millions of people on YouTube oh. watch her performances on YouTube. And so she just completely, she didn't change her purpose in life. What she changed was she realized there was a different way she could do it. Now, let me go back to the first woman. Her name is Heli. Heli Rodriguez Prilliman. Heli had her, what she had done before the pandemic was she had a mission in her life of re revamping, completely revamping the nail salon industry, the nail tech industry. And she had started getting investors. She was creating training programs. Her goal was to enable there are so many women who are really treated very badly in that industry, kind of like the food industry, the lowest paid, the, you know, not, not, and, and they could never get out of debt because they would take these courses in cosmetology and then they'd get loans and be paid yeah. so little that they could never get out of debt. Well, so she was all about changing the whole industry and she had a great plan, a beautiful plan. Well, she's from a small town in Texas, not so small anymore. I think Stephenville originally, and she's now living in Fort Worth. I couldn't get her to respond to me even. I, I tried to update 
every woman's story, every woman I had interviewed. I, I tried very hard to get back to each of them and find out, okay, I talked to you a year ago or two years ago. What's What are you doing now, given yeah. the situation? She's the only one I couldn't ever reach. And I finally had given up when all of a sudden she reached back out to me. And it turns out she, at some point, she got herself back together and she decided she, she had been living in California. She decided she was moving back to Texas and she's going to run for Congress. So remember this name, Helly Rodriguez Pilliman, Prilliman. You're going to learn more about her as time goes on. She's got wow. a whole new, she's got a whole new mission in life. So there we oh, are. Wow. That's a, what a great uh, end to that story. Yeah. But I wasn't able to put the end to the story in the book because the book had Came to go later. to press before yeah, I knew. Yeah, that. totally. Wow. Oh gosh. Well, but at least uh, just personally that you know that. Yes. Um, yes. I right. know that. And we're yeah. talking about it. Yeah. We're talking about it on yeah. social media and everywhere we can. So exactly. Yeah. To sort of, well, this sort of gives you something in the interview to talk about, right? Uh, an extra yes, it does. Little, little private detail here. Uh, yeah. I love that. So, well, gosh, that, that sounds amazing. I'm really happy for her. Um, I, I could never get, I could never run for political office. I, I, I respect people that do because I know we need it yes. done. Right. Yes. Uh, yes. So yes. Matt, well, you'll you know, meet her. You'll meet her one day. You'll, you'll definitely. I'm sure. Yes, I'm so in Dallas can. now. Fort Worth <laughs> is 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 my name. It's DFW here. We look. We call yes. it DFW. Uh, so Fort Worth is Dallas to me. Uh, you know that's sort of where I grew up. So, um, well, I want to talk about a specific chapter of your book uh, before we you know finish. I, I don't want to let that go because speaking of like what what you said was most proudest that you feel about this book is people like taking something from it and and seeing how it worked in their life. Right. Well, I, I got to say, um, you know. That, that happened to me with, with this, with this book, because I, I read that chapter specifically. Um, I haven't read the whole book, but I wanted to make sure I started there because it's chapter nine and it's, uh, you know, what about the men? Right. Well, I thought that's me. Right. So let, let, let me see. Uh, <laughs> let, right. let me start there. Right. What, what can I do? And I think that's the biggest question a lot of men have is where, what can they do? I don't even know where to go. And sometimes women, maybe their partners, they don't even know what to tell them you know, like what, of what to do. Um, you know, I guess I loved it. I, honestly, reading it and hearing about your husband as well, to be honest with you, uh, props to him, uh, shout out to him. Um, mm -hmm. amazing gentleman. Um, I learned about him as well in this and it was just great, um, to, to read this and to, I, I, th I feel like more of this needs to get out more yes, things absolutely. like this for men, uh, need to get out so that we can learn about, uh, you know, what to do and how to impact, how to make the, the most impact, right. And working together. And, um, yeah. So I'd like to dive into that a sure. little deeper. Like, um, did that chapter just come together for you very easily? Did you lean on your, your husband? I know he's in it, but did you like lean on him, like helping you write it or I don't know. Uh, yeah. That's a great question. No, he, he didn't, he didn't, he doesn't have the patience for it, but <laughs> no, you know, he comes from an era where, you know, as a man, he always had somebody, women to do it for him. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if he needed something written, he could just, you know, delegate it to somebody else. So yeah. that's kind yeah. of the way. So, but <laughs> so the title of the chapter came from the question exactly as it is asked of me all the time. And what about the men? Yeah. I decided, totally. well, okay, so I'm going to just call the chapter. And what about the men? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that and and the what's in the chapter, interestingly enough, 
I wrote in a few hours, just a couple of hours on a plane ride back to the U.S. from Barcelona. I had been at a meeting with a friend, and I cannot remember what triggered this for us, but we started talking about something or other, and I'm like, I need to write nine leadership power tools for men. <laughs> and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I literally knocked that chapter out, wow. uh, uh, taking from the nine leadership power tools that I had written in my book, No Excuses, the previous book before intentioning. And and I followed that that outline fairly closely. And I found that I could easily adapt them to some of the issues that either the questions that men had or some of the complaints that women often have. And yeah. it's almost, <laughs> it, it very often comes down to, would you just listen? Gosh, absolutely. Just listen. Just listen. If you can just listen, everything else will work itself out. That's, that's the main thing, but it's, but it's, you know, we can joke about it, but it's, it is, it is that differential in socialization. And again, they're, you know, the males are born with a certain kind of privilege that doesn't require you to listen as intently. And, 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 and women are born being told they have to be nice. And so that means you have to like, let other people talk first. And it's a curse for women. Honestly, it's, it's a lot of what holds women back from raising their hands and saying, I want that job or saying, no, I'm not going to do this or, 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 you know, just speaking up for themselves and advocating for themselves. So women need to learn to speak up more and men need to learn to listen. It's pretty simple. I, I, you know, couldn't agree more. Uh, I know I need to listen more. I've been told that several times. So uh, yeah, I, I look, I, I, you're right. Uh, it's definitely something I've always struggled with. I, like it is, it's true. Uh, well, we, but all I can be, can. we all can, we all can. I listen. mean, yeah. for sure. Uh, for, for sure. Uh, yeah, there's, there's no question there about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, okay. Well, like, um, let, let's say, um, let's say, um, what what's like the be- what's the I guess is that the be- is that the biggest or the, the question you get the most is just what can I do as a man or is there is it more specific? Um, I that's a question that I often get is uh, almost every time I speak, there will be somebody who will say, "Well, what about women who aren't nice to other women?" I had okay. a female boss and she wasn't nice to me, or you know, yeah. I've I've had more male mentors than female mentors. Well, that's not a surprise because men are still in 80% of the leadership roles. So if you're going to have a mentor, you probably want to have some male mentors as well as female mentors. But the the people are hypersensitive to women not being super nice to other women. And when you see a woman like, say, for example, um, I'm trying to think of her name, the head of Theranos, who's now on trial. Oh, uh, Elizabeth something? Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah, it, yeah. she's. I mean, she's doing doing business unethically and and potentially harming a lot of people it's it that rubs off on all women i think people you know people see it as being well there was a woman who was a bad actor so it, it's those are the kinds of things that are 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 really hard and that's a, i do get that question every single time and my answer to it is that unfortunately the people who hold more power are often not nice to people who hold less power. And that's one of the things we have to change by changing how we're thinking about power in the first place and how we distribute power and, and understanding and appreciating that everybody has something to bring to the table. So that, but, but that the, but statistically women actually 
help other women more because one of our survival mechanisms has been collaboration with other women. And so what we can do as a society, as parents, as, as leaders, what, what, in whatever position we might be, is to encourage that kind of collaboration. Because again, if I help you and you help me, we both have more. And, yeah. and, and if we learn that, that that's not taking away from us, if we learn the power of joining together to, to get work done, I think of the old quilting bees, so the women in the, in the West used to have, that was their social, that was their social life. That was the only yeah. time they had a social life. And they did those things to, to help each other. And we need to have that quilting bee mentality as women and recognize that we can make a really nice quilt if we work together. We do it, try to do it by ourselves. It's going to take us years. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. Beautiful. So that's said. A, that's a big question that I do often get, and and uh, and and I think it's an important one, but I think it's also sometimes a misinformed one. Uh, Hundred percent. Sounds we like judge, it. we judge. We always judge. You know, if there's a group that is has been in uh, in a, in, a, in an othered situation or oppressed situation, <clears throat> they're always going to be judged more harshly, and we got to get over that. Yeah. 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 It's like, that's not even like the real problem. Right. Yeah, right. It's like, why, why, why are men even thinking about that? Like that, that that's the least, it's like one in a million over mm -hmm. here, you know, sort of thing. Um, yeah. That, that's not the majority by, by no right. means. Um, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wow. Okay. Um, all right. Let me see. I'm going to make sure I don't forget. Okay. This, this, uh, yeah. This next thing, real quick, before we go, uh, if you don't want to talk about it, it's okay. I'm not sure, uh, but I, I it just, I watched it yesterday, so it sort of came <laughs> up on my mind. Um, it was the new Dave Chappelle comedian. Uh, you don't know if you've heard of him before. Um, he has a special on Netflix called The Closer Out, and mm -hmm. he, I guess, he's kind of in hot water because he did this comparison where he's saying that trans women's trans rights are getting in the way of women's rights i'm not trying to say mm -hmm. there's not a difference or whatever but i was curious what you thought about that because he was saying like well if i was a woman i'd be upset about this and i'd be upset about that like, what? what's going on here why did you say uh, that about trans women and not about trans men i mean there's both right i don't it's a great I point I, I, you know that's i have a great point I he didn't you're right he didn't say <laughs> I, that i haven't seen it so i, yeah. I probably shouldn't comment on on it as though I had seen it, but I sure. guess from your description of it, I would say that it's, it's in the category of we each, we each come into this world with, with whatever set of characteristics we have. And gender, as I said, is a social construct. And it, it because there is much more gender fluidity now, and I think you'll see that particularly in younger people, they don't even pay attention anymore you know for them straight gay trans whatever it it's just like not a thing but to those of us who are brought up with really rigid gender norms in our in our upbringing it's hard to deal with with changes like that i yeah. i will say that i i did uh i did an interview i did a podcast with a a uh trans woman a couple of years ago and i had met her at a conference and there was something I'm she had a she had a a booth her company had a booth at this conference and I literally I walked by and I felt a vibe and I don't know what it was I couldn't identify what it was and we got to talking I didn't know she was a trans woman at the time but she told she told me this 
And so I interviewed her for one of my podcasts and she said, you know, she said, I have a real advantage here. I can think like a man and I can think like a woman. <laughs> yeah. So think about that one, you know, yeah. she said, I, 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 I know how to deal with men when, you know, when certain things are done and said, and yeah. at the same time, I now understand certain things that women have been saying that I didn't understand before. Sure. So, I mean, it'd be pretty cool for all of us if we could have that, uh, that kind understanding. of understanding. Yeah. yeah. So, totally. I, I mean, you know, it's, it's Sounds we enlightened, are, right? It sounds enlightened a little bit. We, we yeah. just are who we are. And we might as well just be who we are. As, yes. as Dr. Sue says, nobody is yewer than you. And leave it That's at right. that. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Seuss. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. No, but that's actually a great point you made about um, men's trends. Because you're right. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that, that's a great point. You're, you're going to see it in the news. It's, it's literally all okay. over the news Okay, right I'll now. make sure um, that I watch it over the weekend because I'm sure I'll find it. Yeah, it's right. definitely all over the place. Okay. Um, I don't agree with it. Um, you know, I, I've had no issue... Um, accepting people for for who they are we've had a trans music artist on pink star shout out to pink star check out her her music um on the podcast here um look for me people are people i actually respect people who are who they are they mm -hmm. really lean into it and because i know how hard that is and i know society and depending on your upbringing and your family and there's the pressures and it's different for everybody the journey's right. different for everybody and, right. and some people right. don't have the courage or not even courage, just they've been pressured and, you know, it's hard, again, it's harder for everybody. So, um, you know, for them to come out and, and be who they are and yeah, I'm all about it. Um, you know, to be honest with you and I want to support that, that culture and that society and uh, people are just nicer and friendlier and we'll have a more upbeat, like more wholesome, you know, society. Not, not, I'm not religious or anything, but you know, just a nice society. Uh, I think when people are who they are, right. They don't have to worry about, um, hiding right. anything. Right. So, so, yeah. I, so I'm going to, I would just want to make sure that you see something in my office. Well, actually, both of these are Texas things. If you can see my West Texas uh, picture behind me right here. So I'm sitting here in New York. I'm sitting here next to Columbus Circle in New York. Right. <laughs> and speaking of not forgetting who you are. Uh, so I keep my West Texas on my wall and actually my, my Texas artist, Bill Worrell, who recently died, uh, who was a oh. great longtime friend. Uh, is the other one in my office because those are those are important characteristics to me. And as much yeah. as I love New York, uh, I, I I don't want to lose that. I want to sure. I want to be able to to keep all of those aspects. Of Do people know that about you in New York? Like your friends and stuff? Like they know? Yeah, she's Texan. Yeah, yeah. I think people in New York know it more than sometimes people think I'm this sophisticated New Yorker, and then I'll reassure them that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Good word I, choice. Yeah. I like where, where I went to high school was like the last picture show. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Oh, I, I, hey, I wear the Texan uh, flag everywhere I go. Um, yeah. Not that I have any tattoos or anything. I'm actually more Texas patriotic, if you will. Like when I'm out of Texas, you know oh, right. what? What? Right. Yeah, when I'm in Texas, it's like, yeah, whatever. We're here. You know. Yes. But when I'm out, it's like, yeah, Texas is cool. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Funny. Anyway. Uh, listen, um, is there anything I didn't uh, bring up that you wanted to talk about or mention? Um, I just want to make sure I don't forget anything I guess, here. I guess there is nothing substantive. You asked me so many great questions. 
What I did not mention is that people can get the book Intentioning Sex, Power, Pandemics, and How Women Can Take the Lead for Everyone's Good anywhere they like to buy books. And uh, if they go to my website, gloriafelt.com forward slash intentioning, they can also download a workbook that I developed to go with the book to help with uh, the exercises that they can do to, to implement some of the leadership intentioning tools that are in the book uh, in keeping with my practical, my practical aspect of wanting people to get something they can actually use from it. So I, I hope that people will do that, be able to really use the book in their lives. And also that you can find me anywhere on social media as at Gloria Felt, because that's my name. And I can't remember if I, if I ever gave myself a cute handle, I'd never remember it. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Everyone always tries to come up with some, I use my name too. I I was just like, you know what, why why am I, I'm just trying to be cute here. I'm not clever. Uh, Yeah. Uh, No, I I totally forget whatever I did. So yeah. that's that's (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, we'll put all the links in the uh, description as well you know, for your website, your, how to stay connected with you, uh, and all that, um, too. So, uh, for sure people check out this book. Um, it's amazing. I, I was able to get a sneak peek and, and get in there and, and get some, uh, you know, insight on it ahead of time. So I was lucky. Um, but, uh, listen, Gloria, this has been, again, just absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm so glad, um, we were able to get you on again and talk about this and I can't wait to have you on again. Uh, you know, uh, down the line here. So yeah, really appreciate, uh, you opening up and talking and uh yeah just love it i learned so much um uh, every time i speak to you so fantastic thank you. you know you're you talk about my favorite things food texas gender what else what could be better <laughs> anytime i'm with you <laughs> i love it i love it i love it that's awesome the lone star play podcast is produced by texas real food go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores, butchers, restaurants, farmers markets, and more who are using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, go to thelonestarplay.com. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time. <laughs>